This is episode 128 of the IDRA Class Notes Podcast. This year right now, I have 69% of my students who are participating in a college class. We're not happy with that. We want to have 100%, mm-hmm. but we're working at it every single day, and every day we try to embed that into our students, but you see how it's developed and it's growing, and it's becoming more of an expectation. It's always been an expectation, but an expectation from the student to where now it's like, okay, you're going to come here, but you're going to enroll in a college class. Welcome to the IDRA Classmates Podcast. Today, you're going to hear the third and final part of an interview with Linda Carrillo, principal at the College and Career and Technology Academy, a high school in Far San Juan, LMISD, where students who have dropped out or have failed to complete high school are given the opportunity to come back to high school to earn college hours as they earn their high school diploma. In this section, you will hear about the types of college credits students can earn, teacher support, and how teachers feel about what they are doing. How do you convey the expectations to your students? You mentioned at the beginning the way they walk in. What other ways do you do it? I think our expectations, like I said, number one, it's day one. Mm -hmm. When the students are transitioned to our campus, we do have the different orientation sessions for them where we set that mindset. They know what to expect in the classroom, and we've made that connection. Mm -hmm. So we support that through the year because we have a mentor period. So once a week, we have a mentor period. Every student is connected to a teacher adult advocate where they're learning college knowledge skills. And so the expectation is always being revisited. We're always talking about college. We try to also connect that through the work, the assignments that we're doing. We have a college success class that we teach through South Texas College. My staff uh, has been trained to teach that, so we try to get... 100% of the students to take that class where they're learning, okay, this is what's expected when I go to college, these are the skills I need, study skills and so forth. And so that message is sent through that in a weekly or daily basis, depending what situation you're in. Mm -hmm. We also expose our students to different colleges. We take them to college visits, we bring in different recruiters, we have career fairs, I'll go into the classrooms and talk to the students. We give them orientation before our mini semesters because we also have the dual enrollment classes. So my, my, the counselor and myself, since I was a counselor, will go in there and we'll give deep orientations. When I see the students in the hallway, I'm like, so did you enroll for a college class? And so basically, one of the things that I've noticed this year especially is that now the students are taking over. Mm-hmm. So now if I enroll, they're expecting their friends to enroll. Right. And so just always talking about it, we have a college day as well where the staff wears their college shirts. And so always making sure that that's at the forefront and always having that embedded in in their minds so they start believing it. Could you describe, for example, uh, the path a student takes to say, I walk in, I go through what you just, all those orientation, everything that happens. What's next? What's like an average path of what a student will come in and do that and then what they'll leave with? The majority of the students will leave at least with the college success class, which is the first course you would have mm-hmm. been expected to take at the South Texas College. Mm-hmm. Most of the students will leave with three college hours. Now we're trying to do more. Like I said, this year right now, for this school year, I have 69% of my students who 
are participating in a college class. Mm-hmm. And Outside of the college success one? Yeah. And, yeah, it doesn't another, count college doesn't success. Count 69%? 69% of my students right now mm-hmm. uh, are enrolled or have been enrolled in a college class. Mm-hmm. And these are credit-bearing classes or oh, also yeah, remedial? No, no, they're college classes. They're, they're, they're credit-bearing. They're, mm-hmm. not, they're, they're not remedial. Okay, 69%. Okay. This school year, yeah. Okay. And if they're not TSI-compliant, well, what do you do? Well, the thing is that several of these kids, if they're not TSI-compliant, there is college certificates mm-hmm. that they can follow mm-hmm. that don't require you to mm-hmm. be TSI-compliant. And so you really have to problem-solve and figure out. There's different ways to but connect kids to college. No, but that's 69%. Those were college. Those were. It's a mix. It's a mix. Okay. It's a mix. Mm-hmm. Some are and some aren't. Some mm-hmm. are contract students, mm-hmm. but they're still enrolled in the class and they're still going to get their credit once they become TSI compliant. And that's something that we have with STC. So okay, so those contract classes you're saying are like. Um, so I sit in the class mm-hmm. this semester. Let's say I'm taking a business class. Mm-hmm. I sit in the business class. Once I graduate from CCTA, I declare that as my field of study. Mm-hmm. And so that credit, if you pass this, is credited to you. That's a new thing. I hadn't heard about that. What's a new one? Mm-hmm. Was that Very some- similar to tech prep. Okay. Very similar. So I, in that 69%, does that 69% also include students that are getting certificates? Yes, that's mm-hmm. just students enrolled in a college class. Mm-hmm. And so 69%, they participated in one or more. Maybe they're not participating this semester, but in their time here, they have earned mm-hmm. some college hours. And of course, we're not happy with that. We want to have 100%, mm-hmm. but we're working at it every single day. And every day we try to embed that into our students. But you, you see how it's developed and it's growing and it's becoming more of an expectation it's always been an expectation, mm-hmm. but an expectation from the student to where now it's like, okay, you're going to come here, but you're going to enroll in a college class. Mm-hmm. And so those are the conversations we're having with the students. And one of the things that I love about our campus is that it's small mm-hmm. and, you know, we can make it very, very personal. And I think earlier in our conversation, you talked about the school, how what the schools look like. And, you know, our school is here to fit the student. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes it special. We fit the student. The student doesn't have to fit us. Mm -hmm. So we mold ourselves to make sure that the student is successful. Mm -hmm. And so in the conversations with the students, because I get to meet every single student that comes in, and I like to get to know the student. I want to make sure that they feel valued and important. I talk to them about that. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, you're going to go to college. We're going to help you. And sometimes the student will say, well, I don't want to go to college. I just want my high school diploma. Okay. You might not want to go to college right now, but we're still going to get you ready. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, you know, not taking no for an answer. And I do have some situations where the students, they can't go because they work full time or, you know, they have a child. There is circumstances, but you still don't change the expectation. You still provide them with other support systems, like making sure they take the TIA, making sure you have that support system in place for that, making sure they have uh, opportunities to enroll in college success in our ACT workshops. And so you have to prep classes as well? Yes, we do that too. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes your school so special, Mm -hmm. that it's not your typical, you know, you're going to come in, get your high school diploma, bye, good luck. You know, we're really committed to getting our student college ready and providing them the same types of opportunities that they would have had at their comprehensive high school. And so that's what makes it special. And one of the conversations that I have with the teachers all the time too is we need to do things different because whatever was happening over there, it didn't work. 
So we need to do things different and always trying to think out of the box, be innovative, engage the students, make sure that customer service is in place because there are customers mm -hmm. and we need to give them good customer service and we need to make sure that, you know, they feel that they belong mm -hmm. and they do. Here they do. You were going to show me something from the paper? Yeah, no, I was just going to share with you, mm -hmm. like, this is what our data looks like for for this semester mm -hmm. and one of the things that we want to do is we want to really focus in getting more of our students to walk away with more college hours or complete their mm -hmm. you know their certificate for example of the students i have right now 128 of them have earned three to nine college hours mm -hmm. six of them have earned between 10 and 11 and 16 have earned between 12 and 29 Right. Wow. More than likely, it's the, the lower end, not mm -hmm. 29. And then I have some that are going to walk away with Marketable Skills Award. And we're mm -hmm. looking at a couple of students to walk away with a completed uh, South Texas College certificate. Like what kind of certificate? It's going to be Computer Application Specialist. Mm -hmm. And so this is actually a pilot that... And what's the... Oh, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. The Industry Certificate. These are certificates that they earn, and we really want to work on this part because these are lower level certificates mm -hmm. like CPR, OSHA, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So we really want to move towards higher level certificates. And we do have some in place like medical billing or pharmacy mm -hmm. tech, but making sure our students have all types of opportunities. I met some of kids that got this mm -hmm. when I was interviewing uh, kids at STC. Mm -hmm. They got one of some of these certificates, but then they enrolled at STC and were taking classes. Right. The certificate wasn't the uh, the goal, yeah. in other words. And so for us, it's definitely not the goal. I think that's just something that can be embedded within our dual enrollment class, but that's not the end product that we want to see. We really want to transition into making sure more students complete the college certificate before they leave us. And they're actually going to graduate from STC before they graduate from high school, just like early college. And so we're super, super excited about, about that. Ten. About ten. ten. And it's something small because it was a pilot and I wanted to make sure that, you know, we made mistakes. It was going to be with a few students. Mm -hmm. And it's just about piloting, problem solving, figuring it out, and then having already, okay, next year, this is how we're going to roll it out. Could you describe about the about So one security? of the things, we do have some industry certifications that our students can walk away with as they enroll in some of our dual enrollment classes, but that's not what we want at the end for our students. We want to make sure that whatever they're walking away with is stackable to college certificates, and then from there to associate degrees, to bachelor's degrees, and so forth. We want to make sure that we don't lead our students to a dead end mm -hmm. and that we're really guiding them to what's going to be best for their future and that's making sure that we open up all these avenues for them and that even with that whatever we're guiding them towards are high skilled and high demand we definitely don't want to lead a student to a pathway that wouldn't have helped them when they finished them we want to make sure that they're high skilled high demand they're going to walk away they're going to be stackable and they're going to find a job and be productive citizens so yeah. that's extremely important yeah that's that's great let's say you were to for some godforsaken reason, you were to leave and go to another district that did not have the sort of transformative culture that you see here in the PSGA. What would you do to try to replicate to do the same things that you're seeing here? Well, 
I think I'm really fortunate that being in the district and, and having have had the opportunity to really help transform a campus like CCTA is going to, number one, have given me lessons learned again, the knowledge that I need. I think it depends what level I'm going in. If I'm going in as a high school principal, then what I'm going to do is make sure that we do what's best for kids and doing that by making sure that I shift the mindset of the staff and setting non-negotiables and making sure that everybody understands that we are going to be aligned to the vision, which is going to be the same vision that PSJ has because it works and it's good for students. And also making sure that I reach out for the support that I need and hoping that they believe that they hired me for a reason and that's to make sure that I transform a new school or you know wherever I'm at. And also seeing PSJ as a leader's hoping that I have the support that I need to make it happen. But I really think that if I was to move to a different district, I'd be doing the same thing that I'm doing here because it works. It helps students. I believe in it that much that I would want to take it with me. Mm-hmm. What do you do if you have a teacher that suddenly just doesn't believe in it anymore? Or it's just, what steps would you take? What would you? So one of the things that I would do if I had a teacher that didn't believe in it or like let's say I hired somebody and all of a sudden they've hit the mm-hmm. the wall is number one I have to really analyze the situation because maybe it's not that the teacher doesn't believe in it maybe it's that they need support and so the first thing that I would do is make sure that I have support systems in place for that teacher either by giving them opportunities to engage a little deeper in professional development which we do already. So go deeper than that, making sure that I model for the teacher if I need to, taking the teacher with me and learning walks through the campus, making sure that we're both seeing the same things, identifying the different indicators that need to be in place to make a classroom successful, making sure that I'm engaging in conversations with the teacher at all times Mm -hmm. to ensure that we're both using the same language and wanting the same expectations for our students. Now, there's going to come a point in time where the teacher's going to have to make a decision. Either they're part of our campus or they're not. And so I'm going to do what's best for my students, and that's to have the best teachers that I can. But I'm definitely not just going to give up on a teacher and turn my back on them. I'm going to make sure that I've done everything that I can to have that teacher be at their best because if I don't have a teacher at their best then the ones that hurt are my students Mm -hmm. and so it's my job to give that teacher all the tools that they need to be successful in the classroom and also here at CCTA we've embedded the type of culture where the teacher doesn't just have to come to me they can go to their peer because they're going to have the same knowledge level we can also arrange for inner visitations for them so just making sure I have several support systems in place and continuing the conversation eventually if that person is not happy I think they'll be the first to walk away Mm -hmm. because we have that open campus uh, type of feel where you know anybody can come in at any time so you just have to be at your best for the student first and because one of the things that one of the teachers said and I love it is uh, we had had a PD where they had to come up with a visual of what is CCT and what does it look like because the lens is on us And the teacher framed it by saying, be worthy of replication. And that's something that we live by every single day. So it's something that, you know, I think everybody in here, we're reflective practitioners where if I'm here in this campus, I need to make sure that every single day I'm worthy of replication because other people look 
to us to be the leaders, to be the innovators, to be the problem solvers. And like I told you earlier, it's not just about our students, our school. It's really about being able to solve problems so we can spread out to our sister high schools, to our district, to the region. And one day my student might move mm -hmm. to, I don't know, to Westlaco or to San Antonio or Austin or out of out of the state. And I want to make sure that the door isn't shut and that there's a place for them to go. And that's why it's so important for us to be at our best at all times for our student and for anybody that comes in to learn from us. That way they do walk away with that notion of, you know what, I need to open a CCTA. And so if my student ever goes anywhere, there's a place for them to go to. Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.